0: Hi, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 3rd of February, 2022 Hong Kong Stories Podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. Today, we are going into the wild. In the past two years, with our limited access to the outside world, Hong Kongers have been taking to the hills, the paths, and the waterways of our home, and there is a lot of wildlife. We share our home with wild boars, monkeys, snakes, barking deer, porcupines, countless species of fish and fascinating birds. There are insects and arachnids galore, including the giant but harmless golden orb spiders, who stretch their webs across paths to be plastered over the face of the next person to walk through. If you're very lucky around the coast, you may spot an Indo-Pacific white dolphin, better known here as the Pink Dolphin. We are so lucky to have such abundance at our doorstep, and today's stories celebrate relationships with nature and with each other. Our first story is from Chandasi, about her ocean experience, and then we'll re-listen to a story from Sam, which includes the impressive Indian bison, among other beautiful things. Before we get to today's stories, though, a huge and heartfelt hug goes out to our loyal Hong Kong listeners. We have all been busy wishing each other Happy Year of the Water Tiger and hoping the next 12 months will bring health, happiness and joy to our beleaguered city. Thanks for listening to our stories, Hong Kong. We love to hear yours. And thanks go out to our overseas listeners as well. This week in particular to listeners in San Jose in California, in Des Moines in Iowa in the USA, Calgary in Canada, and those listening in what used to be a simple ferry ride away in Macau. Thanks for letting our stories into your ears. Our January live show has been postponed, of course, but our student story slam is going ahead. The live performance date is currently March 20th, and entries will be collected until February 11th, so there's still some time to write and get those in. Every story will be listened to and receive feedback from our experienced team, and the best stories will be invited to perform live on stage. This year, the theme is Silver Linings, and you can find all the information you need to enter on our website, HongkongStories.com. Just look for the Students' Story Slam at the top of the page on HongkongStories.com. Hong Kong Stories It's better than drama, it's better than comedy. It's real life. And now with a story from our September 2021 show that had the theme, Same, Same, but Different. Here is Chandasi.
1: The ocean is called Ratnakar in Sanskrit, my grandmother said. It means a mine of treasures. She was telling me a story when I was a kid. Oh, wow, granny, I will then learn swimming. Dive into the ocean and get us some jewels. We would then be so rich. (laughs) Oh honey, some treasures cannot be measured, she tried to explain. Seeing my enthusiasm, my parents enrolled me for swimming classes. I learned the basic strokes in shallow waters and I loved swimming. But the depth scared me, oh my God. When my swimming coach tried to push me in the Deeper waters, I got terrified. I panicked, I got anxiety attacks, and I thought I would sink to the bottom and die. This continued for a long time until one day my parents decided that it is better for me to take a little break and resume swimming when I was ready. Sadly, that never happened. Years passed by, and I was just the same. I enjoyed my small swims in the shallow waters but I feared the depths. My husband, who is an accomplished swimmer and a qualified diver, tried very hard to help me overcome my fear, but in vain. I think somewhere I had convinced myself that my childhood dream of exploring all those underwater treasures would remain an unfulfilled desire. However, that was not supposed to be so. On that particular day, when I was... On a fishing boat with my friends and my husband, something happened. Now this excursion was indeed very unique. Good swimmers would get an opportunity to dive into the ocean and have a close encounters with the magnificent beauties. Can you guess what it was? Corals or fishes? No. Perhaps dolphins? No. I am talking about whales. Sperm whales, nearly 18, 20 meters long. You know, they have the largest of the heads, biggest brains, and make loudest noise. They're social in nature and very friendly towards human beings. Very exciting, isn't it? Well, knowing my fear, I am sure you must have guessed that my role in all this would be of a silent spectator. Merely observing everything from a distance. Well, no regrets. I get to see the whales and that too in their natural habitat. The excursion began. Look, look there, on your left. That's such a huge whale, my friend exclaimed. The entire boat started buzzing with excitement. Slowly, we could see jet of water rising all around us. We were surrounded by nearly 10 or perhaps more whales. Oh my God! Time to enter the waters, the captain of the boat declared. Don't go too near to the whales and don't stray off from the boat, he instructed. Without wasting any time, everybody put on their snorkeling snorkeling gear, fins, jumped into the ocean and glided towards the whales. It was now my husband's turn. He looked super excited. Before diving in, he said, Chandasi, why are you so scared? Do you know what are you going to miss? No, I am not going to miss anything. I enjoyed that incredible sight from the boat. You know, the whales floated on the waters. It sometimes let out a jet of water. It sometimes dived under the sea and then resurfaced equally gracefully. Everyone appeared like tiny dots, literally dots, in front of those giants. Suddenly, my mind was preoccupied with all kinds of thoughts. What are they feeling right now? Is the whale watching them too? And are they scared or excited? What does the whale look like from clothes? Same or different? Oh my God, I just had too many questions. What am I missing out on and why? All the answers were right in front of me, in the ocean. But was I ready to seek it? Why am I so scared of the depths? I cursed myself. Just then, I saw something stir near our boat. I rushed to the edge. A few meters away, a baby bale flipped in the air and landed in the ocean with a thud, splashing water all around. Is it playing? It was becoming increasingly difficult to hold myself back. I just couldn't resist. I stood on the edge and gazed at the ocean. Its vastness engulfed me. All I could see everywhere were blue waters, infinite. Deep, mysterious, and yet tranquil, it called out to me. But at the same time, I realized how insignificant I am next to that infinite ocean. Do I really want to jump into that vastness? But then, there was a baby whale. It was waiting for me. It was calling out to me. For the first time in my life, My thrill overpowered my fear. My splash of a lifetime awaited me, pun intended. Is it the time to let go of my inhibitions and take the plunge? What do you think? Did I dive? Well, before I could change my mind, I quickly put on the snorkel masks and fins. I closed my eyes. I took a deep breath. I calmed myself and I jumped. Oh, down I went. It was it was dark blue everywhere. I, I started to panic. But just then, I heard a very different and loud sound that caught my attention. I quickly sprinted back to the surface, steadied myself and looked under the water. Oh, my God. It was a baby whale right there. Looking at its size, it did not seem baby at all. Oh, God, those were some of the most exciting but terrifying moments of my life. I wanted to close my eyes, but I kept it wide open. I wanted to shout, but I couldn't. And the whale, it was just there in his own world, oblivious to the humane surroundings. It had nothing to do with my presence. It did not move for some time, and neither did I. In those few moments, it was, it was as if every other thought in my mind had vanished. I no longer cared about my fear or insecurities, neither about my aspirations or anxieties. I was in his world and in a state of bliss. Slowly... The whale dived under the water and drifted away. Suddenly, making me aware of my every single breath, I could hear the thumping of my heart and feel the butterflies in my stomach. I smiled as I realized I was in the deep sea, and yet steady and calm. It was the same me, but oh, so different. The giant had gently taken away all my fears. Grandma, you were so right. All treasures cannot be measured. Some are different, indeed very different. Thank you.
0: I'm sure I'm not alone in envying Chandasi's experience while understanding her fears. What an amazing encounter. We hope that you've been both facing down your fears and finding treasure, and will continue to do so in the months ahead. Our second story today comes from way back in 2018. Here is Sam.
2: I'm standing at the central bus station in Bangkok, clutching my huge backpack and anxiously looking around for my new boss. I have just graduated from university, and I'll be spending the next six months at a forest reserve in Northeast Thailand studying bats. (laughs) Suddenly, a text buzzes onto my phone. Two words, 7-Eleven. I look up across the writhing mass of people, and I see a small woman standing in front of the 7-Eleven. She vaguely matches the person I remember from our pixelated Skype interview two months ago. She's in her mid-20s with short black hair tucked behind her ears, She has a square set to her jaw, glasses, and a baseball cap pulled low over her eyes. I make my way through the crowds to her. Hi, I'm Sam. It's great to finally meet you. Oh, she glances at me coldly. I didn't remember what you looked like. Okay, let's go. She barely looks at me. I struggle to keep up as we weave our way through a busy parking lot and we get onto a white van. She tells the driver where we're going and immediately pulls out her laptop. I have to work on this progress support, she says, cutting me off as I'm about to ask her how she ended up in Thailand. This is going to be a long six months. Five hours later, we get off at an unmarked road snaking up into the pitch black forest. She fishes out a motorbike from the underbrush and at this point I don't tell her that I've never ridden on a motorbike and that I'm scared. She starts up the bike and I almost fly off the back. <laughs> the heat of the forest is pressing heavy upon me and the, light, and the path in front of us is lit only by the feeble light of our motorbike. After what feels like endless twists and turns, we come to an old log cabin. She shows me to my room, and she warns me about the giant gecko living in the wardrobe. I notice that there are termites munching on the walls, and that there's no air conditioning. I sit on the rock-hard rock hard mattress and think to myself, what am I doing here in this rundown cabin with this strange woman? So over the next few weeks, I learned how to capture bats and measure their wings without hurting them. I learned how to sleep despite the rats fighting underneath my bed. And I learned about my boss. I learned that she's a badass. Every night, we cooked dinner together on our balcony among the tree branches, boiling pasta and making cheese sauce from a can. I learned that before this, she spent two years living in the Amazon studying bats so deep in the forest were the only place to bathe was in the river with the piranhas, and the trees were so tall that the fruit fell fast enough to kill you. She shows me a crescent-shaped scar on her arm from when a falling nut pierced her skin. She tells me about all of the wild animals she's encountered, jaguars ransacking her kitchen, king cobras she came face to face with when she was tracking them, and she tells me about Gower. Gower are the largest wild cattle species in the whole world. They stand eight feet tall and are regularly known to total cars and gore people to death. They're, the most, they're one of the most dangerous animals in Thailand, and I want to see one. I also learned that she's a huge nerd, that she can recite the Lord of the Rings trilogy word for word, the movies, not the books. Um, and I find myself making jokes about Dungeons and Dragons just to see her smile and I learned that when she steps out of the shower in her towel, the tops of her feet are the tannest part of her body. I get nervous and look away. I should not be having these feelings about my boss. A couple months later, we're out on a night survey, waiting for the bats to come out. We're lying on the forest floor, and I can hear i mean, I can smell the the flowers opening and the smell the the red clay beneath us, and I can hear the sound of cicadas whirring in my ears, and through the blue light of dusk, I can see the gentle curve of her hips lying on the forest floor. Let's play the question game to pass the time, she suggests. I'll go first. If you were to change anything about your appearance, what would it be? Hmm. I think it would have to be my freckles. I have way too many. What about you? I want to have red, glowing eyes so that I could freak everyone out. (sighs) She's always trying to act so tough. Okay, my turn. Mm. Do you think that you'll ever get married one day? (sighs) What's the point? I have way too much to do. Before I know it, it's the last week of my internship. We're We're far out in the forest, and I see tracks pushing deep into the mud, and they look like cow tracks. Hey, do you think these could be made by a gower? No, Gower haven't been seen in the reserve for nearly 40 years. It's probably just a cow that's escaped from a farm, she reassures me. Yeah, you're right. But I suddenly become aware of how vulnerable we are on our small motorbike way out in the forest, miles from help. As I drive us back, every shadow in the forest sets my heart pounding, and I notice more tracks on the road leading back to the research station. It's just a cow, I reassure myself. The the grass in front of us is waving in an expanse, tinged gold by the setting sun. And I can feel her body press up up against my back. And I feel a pang of sadness, remembering that I will be leaving in the next couple days. I call over my shoulder. Wouldn't it be so cool if we saw the gower? Yeah, she says, leaning forward so her neck almost rests on me. It would be so amazing, but also so scary. I'm turning the bike down the the curves in the road that I now know so well, when I hear a faint rustling to the right of the road, and suddenly, as if an apparition, a huge male gower erupts onto the road in front of us. I squeeze desperately on the brakes, and we sc- screech to a halt within five meters of the gower. It's a huge mass of rippling black muscles in front of us, and I'm covered in a cold sweat, and my stomach drops. Shit! At this point... I consider taking out my phone to take a photo. (laughs) But I don't want to be found dead, crushed by a gower with my phone in hand. It turns toward us. Its eyes are indifferent and menacing. Its wet nostrils flare. Back up, she whispers in my ear. I put my feet down and slowly start to walk the the bike backwards. The gower hears the creaking of the wheels and it suddenly trots off into the forest and is swallowed up once again. I turn around and lock eyes with her. Can you believe that just happened? No, she yells. Her face face is exhilarated and we both start laughing hysterically. The same experience is racing through our veins and she looks so beautiful covered in the golden light. I'm falling deep into the pit of her dark eyes and I feel something uncontrollable bubble up inside of me. Like anything in the world could happen now, I want to tell her that I will stay and cook dinner with her every night on our balcony among the treetops and crack stupid jokes with her. But I know this is a professional relationship and that she's never suggested anything else. I know that nothing could ever happen between us and that this is the closest I will ever be to her. I feel a pain in my stomach, and I turn back around and start the bike. We could have died, she says. I know. Did you see those horns?
0: Thanks for listening to today's stories brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. Music for this podcast was written and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone
2: has a story to tell.